the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We are fearfully and wonderfully made by God in His image with unique abilities and talents and giftings. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are His workmanship. We are God's workmanship, each of us. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are made in God's image and have been given unique abilities and gifts. How marvelous to be made in the image of our awesome God. In Pastor Dan's message today, he encourages us to use our special talents to build God's kingdom. What can we give back to God using our distinct abilities? As we spread the good news of Jesus, let's reflect the character of God. We can be an example of His love and compassion by extending kindness and forgiveness to people we see throughout our day. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 25 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. If you look down at verse 18, the talent is referred to as money. And so this is probably a talent of silver, maybe a talent of gold, but likely a talent of silver. Now, just for perspective here, a talent of silver was equal to about 20 years of income. So the man in this parable is extremely wealthy, right? God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's extremely wealthy. And note here that he gives the first servant five talents, or the equivalent of 100 years worth of income. You know, 500 pounds of silver. He gives the second servant two talents, or 40 years income. And the final servant, he gives one talent. Now, now before you think, well, that's not fair. He only got one talent. The other guy got five talents. Well, one talent is equal to 20 years income. It's not a small sum of money that this servant is now responsible for. And notice in verse 15, and this is important, the master gives to each servant according to his own ability. According to his own ability. We all have different abilities. We all have different abilities. We're not all the same. We have different abilities and capacities. We're each uniquely made by God. And that's true in life. Some people, you know this, some people are are really good at 
solving complex math equations, and other people struggle with basic math. Some people are just kind of naturally good at accounting. Some are good at writing. Some are good at public speaking. Some are great athletes. Others are not great athletes. Some are good at making things with their hands and building things. Some are not. Some are great at organizing and managing. Some aren't. Some are gifted scientists. And some aren't. We just have different abilities. And we should rejoice that God has created each of us uniquely and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by God in his image with unique abilities and talents and giftings. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship. We are God's workmanship, each of us. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus Four good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're his workmanship. And he created us. He designed us with abilities that we have and with abilities we don't have. And he has good works for each of us that he has prepared for us according to the abilities that he has given us. Works that he has prepared for us individually that fit our individual abilities and our individual capacities. God doesn't give us something that is too much for our abilities. And God doesn't give us something that is too little for our abilities. He gives us what is perfectly fitted for the abilities that he has given us. And so to one servant, he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. And the person with only one talent shouldn't be envious of the person with the five talents. Because the master knows the person given one talent doesn't have the ability to handle five talents. And the person given five talents would be wasting his ability with only one talent. It's each according to his own ability. We live in a world and we live in a culture that is very envious. We live in a world and a culture that would say, that's not fair. He's got five. I'm only given one. You should take some away from him and give them to everybody else so it's all equal. I want you to think about that for a second. Think, think about the parable here. The guy given five talents, yes, he has five times the amount as the guy with the one talent, but that means he has responsibility for five times as much. Remember, a talent is 100 pounds. This guy has 500 pounds of silver. He's got to lug around and store and keep track of and worry over instead of 100 pounds. Thank God you only have one talent to worry about. And don't be envious of the five talents the other guy has to worry about. Remember several years ago, my family and I, we were on a trip or something, and we visited a large Calvary Chapel. It was a very large Calvary Chapel. Uh, it had about 10,000 people that attended the church. And this was years ago. Our church was brand new. It was just starting out. We were small, small potatoes, but we were God's potatoes, but we were small potatoes. I remember, this is a true story, I remember going in before the service into the men's room and thinking they have more urinals than we have people that attend our church. <laughs> it was humbling, and I was envious, 
And, you know, sitting in this service with thousands of people sitting in the congregation, this huge campus and facilities and it's this beautiful and it just so happened that the pastor in the sermon mentioned that in their church, all the time, they have 30 to 50 people terminally ill, and that they average three funerals a week in that church. And I found myself just so convicted. Lord, thank you for the small potatoes you've given me. I don't have the ability for that. That church, that pastor, that pastoral staff, they've got the ability, they've got the capacity for 30 to 50 people dying of illness and three funerals a week. So don't be envious if somebody's got five talents and you have one talent. The Lord has made you. You're his workmanship. He created you. He designed you. And he designed you with certain abilities and he designed you with certain giftings and certain capacity loads that, that you can handle. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. When it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, every believer has been given at least one gift of the Holy Spirit. And Paul tells us in verse 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he tells us there's a diversity of gifts and there's different ministries of the gifts of the Spirit. And so what does that mean? That means that one person may have the gift of evangelism and they share the gospel with one person at a time. They share the gospel with a coworker over lunch. Someone else may also have the same gift of evangelism, but they share the gospel with thousands of people at a time in a stadium. They both have the same gift, but it's operating in different ways. God gives to each according to our ability. And for one person, Maybe that ability is sharing the gospel one-on-one over a cup of coffee or a lunch. For another person, they have the ability to share with thousands of people at one time. Now look at verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. So now he has 200 years worth of income. And likewise, he who had received two gained Two more also. So now this guy is 80 years worth of income. Verse 18, but he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. So the third guy buries his master's money in a coffee can in the backyard. The master did not give his goods to his servant so his servant can bury it. He gave the goods to his servant so his servant could do business with it on behalf of the master in his absence. Listen, Jesus didn't give us the gospel message and give us the great commission and empower us by the Holy Spirit just so we can hide the gospel, just so we can hide his goods that he's given to us. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And the Greek is emphatic, meaning you are the only light of the world. Christians are the only light that God has put in this world. And he said, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but you put it up on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. We have the light of Jesus Christ in us. And he didn't give us his light just so we can hide it until he comes back. 
No, he tells us to let our light shine in this dark world. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. This third servant, he takes what was given to him by his master and he buries it in the ground. Verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Notice Jesus says the Lord returned after a long time. He had a similar statement in the previous parable as well, indicating that his return will be after a long time. The apostles believed Jesus would establish his kingdom immediately. In Acts chapter 1, verse 6, the apostles asked Jesus, will you at this time restore the kingdom? But Jesus indicates here it would be a long time before his return, and it has been a long time. But we're one day closer than we were yesterday to his return. And one day he will come, look at verse 19 again, he will come and he will, please don't miss this, he will settle accounts with his servants. One day each of us here will settle our accounts with Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 14 it says, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. We each will stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ and give an account of ourselves to God. Now the judgment seat, please don't be confused. The judgment seat of Christ is not for the judgment of our sins, or to determine whether we're going to heaven or hell, all of our sins were already judged on the cross and paid in full by Jesus Christ. But we as believers, we as believers will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of our service for the Lord. We will each give an account for the talents Jesus entrusted to each of us. The goods that he has delivered to each of us. First Corinthians chapter three says, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built on endures, he will receive a reward. So our works that we've done for Jesus Christ, we've been delivered these goods, the gospel, the great commission, You've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. We've been given everything we need to do the master's business in his absence. One day he will return and settle accounts and we'll have to give an account. And all of our works that we've done for him will be judged. How we spent our lives for Christ and doing his business in this world 
and it will be determined, it'll be judged by fire to determine what sort it is. Did I do the things that I did in my life for Jesus Christ, for his glory? Was I about his business or was I about my own business and doing the things that I wanted to do for me? And all of that will be determined at the judgment seat of Christ and we will receive a reward from him for the things that we did for him. Verse 20 says, So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of of your Lord. Notice the master does not say, well done, good and successful servant. Or well done, good and productive servant. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. The servant is commended for his faithfulness. Then in verse 22, he also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. The master had the same response and the same reward for both the servant with the five talents and the servant with the two talents. They received the same response and the same reward. Please note this. The reward Jesus will give to his servants will not be for our success or for the results we've produced. The reward will be for our faithfulness. Our faithfulness to what Jesus has given each of us to do. Whatever that may be for you. He's not looking for success. He's looking for faithfulness from us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. We want to be found faithful to what God has called us to do. He's delivered his goods to us, and we want to be faithful with those goods he's delivered to us. And the goal of every believer, the goal of every believer should be to hear those words, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And note also the master does not say, enter into your joy. Enter into the joy of your Lord. His joy. Not our joy. It's not like he's got, I think when we think of heaven quite often, we think of like all these wonderful things that are going to be there that I really like. We're going to have a big screen TV, all the barbecue you can eat. It's going to be on the beach, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's my joy. And it's probably a lot less than his joy. Right? And he says, enter into the joy of your Lord. You know, the picture he's presenting here is that the master has a place of joy That's his place of joy that he now invites his faithful servants into to experience his place of joy with him. Isn't that wonderful to think about? That Jesus will invite us 
his faithful servants into his place of joy with him. Not our place of joy. Not Here's the big screen TV and the barbecue ribs you were dreaming of. But he's got a place of joy. And he's going to invite us in. Let me, let me show you my place of joy. Now, any of you that have kids, you've got Christmas coming up. And maybe you've had this experience too, where you ask your kids, like, what do you want for Christmas? Or are you going on a vacation? Where would you guys like to go on a vacation? And they have these really small ideas. Well, I'd like to get this or that. And in your mind, you're thinking, well, I was thinking something a lot better than that or a lot bigger than that. Or like, hey, could we maybe just go over to the beach for vacation? And you're thinking, well, I wanted to go to Disney World, you know, kind of thing. And that's how it is with the Lord. And the sense that we've got our ideas of, man, what would make me so happy in heaven? And it's so little compared to what he has in store for us. And we're not going to enter into our joy. We're going to enter into his joy, enter into the joy of your Lord, this place that he has. It's a place of his joy, and we'll enjoy that place of joy with him. And when you get there, you go, wow, I just wanted a big screen TV and barbecue ribs. I had no idea that, I, that this is what you had in store for us. And what does the Bible say? In his presence is fullness of joy. We'll experience the fullness of joy. Something we can't experience in this life. As joyous as this life can be. We never experience true fullness of joy. The fullness of joy will come in the presence of Jesus Christ one day. Look at verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. This third servant, this third servant clearly does not know the master at all. He says the master is hard or harsh. Jesus is not harsh. Jesus is the opposite of harsh. His yoke is easy. He's gentle and lowly in heart. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoking flax he will not extinguish. The servant accuses the master of taking what doesn't belong to him. You reap where you have not sown. You gather where you've not scattered seed. The servant accuses the master of being unfair and untrustworthy. Something of a bully who steals what isn't his. And sadly, some people see God this way. They see God as as harsh and cruel, who takes what doesn't belong to him. And anyone who believes this about God obviously doesn't know God at all. They don't know God at all. Jesus doesn't take. Jesus gives. He gives his own life for us on the cross. He died for us so that we might live taking our sin, taking our punishment as our substitute so that we could be forgiven of our sins and so that we could have eternal life. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the angel announced his birth to the shepherds that were out in the field watching their sheep by night. And the angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. The angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. I've got 
great news for you. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Matthew, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. This is a book that may cause you to be curious about the history before and also what comes after. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-giving scripture they might not hear elsewhere. What an opportunity to reach people who are lost and without hope in the world. We'd be grateful for your prayers as the word is going out through these messages. If you'd like some specifics, we'd ask that you pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would have more and more souls join Him because of the truth of His Word. Thanks so much for listening today and for praying. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on in the book of Matthew, right here on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.